Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, August 1st, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris and Riley Wolfbauer. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending July 29th, 2022. In general economic news, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates another 75 basis points in its ongoing effort to clamp down record inflation. The target range for the federal funds rate now sits at 2.25% to 2.5%. The latest increase marks a June to July increase of 150 basis points, the steepest rise since Paul Volcker ran the Fed in the early 1980s. Second quarter gross domestic product figures were also released last week, showing a shrinking U.S. economy for the second straight quarter. U.S. GDP inched down at a 0.9% annualized rate after a 1.6% decline in the first three months of the year, according to the Commerce Department's preliminary estimate last Thursday. Personal consumption, the biggest part of the economy, rose at a 1% pace, a deceleration from the prior period. In auto finance, Hyundai Capital America has entered into a $19 million settlement with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau after the lender was accused of providing inaccurate information to credit reporting companies. The CFPB alleged that the captive used a, quote, outdated system, processes, and procedures to furnish credit reporting information, end quote, leading to inaccuracies that resulted in negative, negative and incorrect information on the consumer's credit reports that in some instances contributed to lowering consumers' credit scores. The CFPB claims that HCA provided incorrect information in more than 8.7 million instances, affecting more than 2.2 million consumer accounts during that time, according to the order. Meanwhile, Consumer Portfolio Services reported its second quarter earnings last week. The lender ne nearly doubled its portfolio year-over-year year in the second quarter on the heels of expansion into non-prime lending and a focus on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Originations clocked in at $548 million, an increase of 34% sequentially and 92% year-over-year, according to the company's release. CPS originations also jumped up 99.5% of the year, or 100% year-over-year, in the first quarter and 97% year-over-year in Q4 2021. Last week, I also attended the Origins Lending Tech Live Conference in Aurora, California. Some interesting trends came out of that conference, notably the credit unions aggregated on Origins' lending platform are claiming the lion's share of new originations in the first half of the year, largely due to the fact that they are offering more favorable rates on than captives and banks, as well as longer-term term loans, which help combat um, higher monthly payments. Um, in fact, credit unions commanded nearly half of 84-plus month loans on used on new vehicles and 65% of 84 plus month loans on used vehicles. Ford Credit and GM Financial also reported earnings last week. Amanda, you covered both of those. What were the takeaways there? Sure, well, as you just mentioned, um, credit unions are getting the lion's share, like you mentioned, of origination. So it's not super surprising some of the trends that we're seeing. Uh, we already talked about last week that banks have really pulled back on auto lending um, and that sales overall are 
affecting all auto lenders um, and their origination volume. So the same is kind of happening with captives so far. Um, obviously things are a little different with, with their captives, but really what it comes down to is sales have fallen back so much because of low supply that we're really starting to see that impact um, origination and outstanding numbers. So for example, uh, both GM Financial and Ford Credit saw their outstandings fall year over year. Um, at Ford Credit, their um, consumer outstandings were down about 7% year over year to $76.8 billion. And then at GM Financial, um, their outstandings fell down um, about, I have to find my, my line item again because I lost it, but they also fell for the year over year as well. Um, so really the takeaway there is there's the sales have really impacted their books overall. Um, originations also went up, however, at GM Financial. So they went up both year over year, um, or sorry, went down down every year over year, but up sequentially. Um, so they are seeing, you know, some mixed signals as far as what's happening when you look at sequentially versus year over year. Um, but their sales at General Motors um, are down about 15% year over year. So we're definitely seeing that play out um, as far as just how many loans that they can do just because they don't have the supply. Um, but some good things still, credit performance really still very strong across both um, GM Financial and Ford Credit. Both saw pretty low delinquencies and that charge off rate. So nothing really ticking up of any red flags there um, so far. So that's a pretty good thing. Uh, profitability still seems very strong. So they're selling fewer cars because they don't have many on the lots, but prices are still very elevated. So their profitability is still way up. So for credit, their earnings before taxes are is up to about 903 million this quarter, which is up compared to 754 million prior quarter. Um, it's still down a little bit from where it was last year, um, but obviously the there's a lot of metrics going on there with supply and everything happening. Um, but distribution is still very strong. So while sales are down, and obviously that's going to impact originations and outstandings across the board they're still making a good bit of money on cars um, and credit performance is still really, really good. So there's really not anything too, too negative happening. Auction values are also still very strong. Um, repossession rates are still low. Um, so not, not a negative quarter in the sense of any, you know, any big um, areas of concern, just starting to see the impact of low supply really hitting those sales numbers that we cover, specifically originations. Right, uh, absolutely. Riley, we also covered Power Sports last week. Um, give us a rundown of what we're seeing in that market. Yeah, so inventory is low across Power Sports, as with every other in auto and everything else in the industry right now. But uh, I'll start with Harley Davidson. Um, their total finance receivables rose 3.1% year over year to $7.1 billion. They did not break out specific origination numbers, but during their earnings call, CFO Gina Goder said originations were up 1% year over year, driven by strong used motorcycle origination volume. Um, the new motorcycle originations were down in line with lower than expected retail sales um, due to the inventory shortages as their worldwide dealer inventory was down 14.8% sequentially to 27,000. So their originations are leaning more on the used side. Um, U.S. retail motorcycle sales also dropped 28.9% year over year as U.S. inventory was down 
Um, also during the call, they announced that Livewire, their new publicly traded company, formed from an agreement to merge Harley-Davidson Motor Company's electric motorcycle division with special purpose acquisition company AEA Bridges Impact Corporation is going public September 26th. Um, Polaris also was seeing low inventory on the news side. Um, their income from financial services dropped 10.5% sequentially and 25.6% year over year. Um, and that's due to lower origination volume um, and more customers are paying with cash. Um, so the power sports manufacturer also spent less on financing incentives during the quarter um, due to tight inventory overall. Um, and like I said, lower sales volume. Um, like Harley, North American retail sales were down for Polaris. They fell 23% year over year due to um, inventory once again. And total sales still rose 7.9% though to $2.1 billion as a result of increased pricing last quarter and into this quarter. Um, so they increased their pricing to um, keep sales around the same area just to offset the low new inventory. Um, further into low inventory, dealer inventory was down 70% compared with Q2 2019 before the, pandem before the pandemic caused supply chain setbacks. And Polaris's outstanding amount of net receivables financed for dealers clocked in at $601.8 million. But as we see with everything else, low inventory hold up in supply chain is holding up everything else across the board. Right. Like, like you both mentioned, not a whole lot of surprises last week from earnings. Um, you know, I think everything was to be expected. Not a whole lot of surprises, which, you know, is always a good thing. Things are still pr pretty volatile um, with interest rates rising and um, inflation. Obviously, there's concern about consumer spending and whether or not they will be you know, amicable to making large purchases. But, you know, Riley, like you said, in Polaris's case, we have a situation where consumers are actually willing to spend their cash. So on, on a luxury item, much less, right? So maybe, you know, um, there's not a whole lot of concern there, um, except for the fact that nobody's financing. But again, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this um, as, as supply chains um, in sort of work themselves out in the in the coming months that about does it for today's episode as a reminder don't forget to register for the auto finance summit which returns to the win las vegas october 26th through the 28th uh, we're also welcoming speaker nominations and nominations for our leadership award so if you're a lender and you would like to submit a speaker nomination or an award nomination please reach out to us we would love to hear from you uh, thanks for joining us on the roadmap and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.